Having turned to Psalm 29 for our scripture this morning, let me read for you. I'll read the entire verse. We're going to focus on the phrase in the second verse this morning that we've already been preparing ourselves for. Psalm 29, verse 2. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let me read that once more. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And that last part, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And the last part is what we really want to think about today, the beauty of holiness. I think that's a phrase that will benefit us very much to think about who we are in Christ and how we're to be growing and living for Christ, the beauty of holiness. I think the world would mock holiness and cause us to think other things are beautiful that are actually not. And one thing to encourage us to obey God's command to be holy as he is holy is to remember it's so beautiful. May the Lord put it on our heart today that holiness is beautiful and cause us to be more like him for he is holy. And thus, he is beautiful. When we wash our children in the bathtub with soapy water, and then we put fresh, clean clothes on them, brush their teeth and hair, and uh, sometimes, if you have a Brazilian mommy, there's this amazing after-bath thing for babies that knocks your socks off. Put that on. I think we got to get some more of that. And then you smell them. And you look at them and you say, you look so beautiful. Such is holiness, beloved. Holiness, which is from the Lord, is to be felt and praised for the pleasing beauty that it is. I give that to you as the main idea of what we're honing in on in this verse. Holiness, which is from the Lord, is to be felt and praised for the pleasing beauty that it is. Holiness, there's a number of ways we can define or describe it. Holiness is set-apartness. It is sanctified. It is righteousness. Sacredness. It is undefiled. It is clean. It is consecrated. It is distinctly uncommon and pure. Because... God is holy. He calls us to be holy. We see that four times in Leviticus. And the whole book of Leviticus is, how can sinful men and women be with a holy God? And the answer is the ceremonial sacrificial system of cleansing, which is pointing to Christ who truly and perfectly cleanses us. But the concern is to be made clean, to wash, to be made holy. And we're told we are washed in the blood of the Lamb. We're washed by the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. We're cleansed. But holiness is something we're called to be in reflection of God who has set us apart and made us holy in the blood of Christ, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Leviticus 19, verse 2. Chapter 20, verses 7 and 26. Chapter 21, verse 8. As reflected in the New Testament. In 1 Peter chapter 1.16, God says to the church, Old and New Testament, there's one church, God says, 
Be ye holy, for I am holy. He could say, we could consider saying it, Be ye beautiful, for I am beautiful. The beauty of holiness. Be ye holy, for I am holy. He has made us holy. And this is why we are called saints in the scriptures. We know we're sinners. We know we need to be more and more cleaned in terms of progressing in sanctification. And we've thought about the hard work of that, but the worthiness and reward of that recently in sermons. But remember that God calls us saints. This we, we identified as positionally in Christ, definitively, uh, we are spoken of as holy. We are made holy. And then there's that call to be progressively holy. We've been made beautiful. But then that's call on us to grow in the beauty of God's holiness. That's what I want to focus on today together. Just this phrase, the beauty of holiness. What a lovely phrase to give ourselves to devoting our minds to, that the Lord would make us more like Christ, who is so beautiful. We want to focus on the fact that holiness is beautiful. May the Lord just let us think about that and dwell on that. That it would just change us more to be like Christ, who is the Holy One. Change us to have more uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit in us. To make holy in terms of representing our Father in Heaven, holy. This phrase comes up quite often in Scripture. It's always in the context of worship as the corporate church, by the way, which is what will be in heaven perfectly, surrounding the throne of God and of the Lamb, worshiping God, crying out what they did in Isaiah, Holy, 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 art thou Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. The whole earth is full of your glory. Just enjoying worshiping him and the beauty of his holiness. Holiness is beautiful. A few other testimonies of scripture to bear this out. First Chronicles 16, verse 29. And I'm just going to go through these quickly and only quote the parts of the verses. So don't worry about trying to turn there. I'm not going to turn there. You can if you want, but I'll be moving on quickly. First Chronicles 16, verse 29. Also, uh, excuse me, First Chronicles 16, 29. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Very similar to our text today. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 21. Praise the beauty of holiness. Psalm 96, verse 9. I also notice as we read it for our call to worship, I would have liked to fit in verse 6 as well. But I'll read for you verse 9. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Why don't we turn there? Because I'd like to have you turn with me to Psalm 110. There's a reason I do want you to see what I'm going to quote from Psalm 110. So if you're following with me, uh, we'll come back to our verse uh, or leave it open as a reference. But turn ahead with me to Psalm 96 on the way to Psalm 110. And then I'd like to read verse 6 as well. Psalm 96, verse 6. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Notice that idea of beauty again. Isaac. Notice the idea of beauty. And where is it again? In the sanctuary. And then verse 9. Oh, worship the Lord at the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Notice again, worshiping the Lord in the beauty of holiness. His holiness, of course. But I want you to see verse 6 again before we go to Psalm 110 because I think there's an important connection to make here. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Notice majesty. 
This is very much related to being a being the king of kings. It's a majestic, kingly thing. This this beauty of holiness, this righteousness, this set apartness. Now, would you turn with me, please, to Psalm one ten? Now, remember, this is the most quoted psalm and the most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament to prove Christ as the Messiah. Uh, Hebrews quotes it quite a bit, but I'd like to look with you at verse uh, 3 together. Psalm 110, verse 3. Thy people shall be willing in the day of thy power, in the, beauty of, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning thou hast the dew of thy youth. Now look at verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. That's quoted in the New Testament often of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 4. The number one quoted, most quoted Old Testament scripture in the New Testament about Jesus. The Lord hath sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. That's about Jesus Christ. The letter to the Hebrews quotes this constantly. Of course, it's pointing us back to Genesis 14. This mysterious priest, king of peace and majesty, uh, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this psalm is about Jesus Christ. He is the priest after order of Melchizedek. He makes us perfectly holy with an unceasing priesthood, the letter to the Hebrews says. Unlike the Levitical priesthood that is a shadow and type prefiguring him, he's the true priest after the order of Melchizedek coming out of the tribe of Judah. He truly saves us with an unceasing priesthood. But remember, that's by cleansing us with his own blood, as he's also the Lamb of God, and he applies his blood in the true Holy of Holies. He has made you clean indeed in him. And thus, verse 3 says, as his people, you will be what? A willing people in the day of his power of salvation. Notice it says, what will be an aspect of that? In the beauty of holiness. In the beauties, plural, of holiness. Beloved, this is Christ's call on your life in him as he cleanses and has saved you to enjoy the beauty of his holiness working itself out in you who he has made positionally holy and gives you the blessed call to grow in holiness that is to be more beautiful as a reflection of God who is perfectly, pristinely holy. In our verse, back in Psalm 29, verse 2, where it says, Worship, it could be translated bow. And of course, that's what you see people doing to Jesus, knowing he's the Son of God. When they acknowledge him to be, they bow. And he doesn't tell them to get up. Worship Jesus in the beauties of his holiness as his people, his willing people. He's giving you a will to receive and believe in him to be saved. In the beauties of his holiness as king, bow. Remember Psalm 96, verse 6, that connection of majesty, kingship with beauty of holiness in verse 9. And the word beauty in Psalm 29 could be translated splendor. That is a word we tend to think of a little bit more with the idea of a a kingly beauty, this regal beauty. 
And isn't that something that often little girls want to be as princesses? Why? Because they have such beautiful clothes. <laughs> They're so different than the rest of the world. God uh, has this beauty, this splendor, this majesty that is awesome to behold and a glory to be blessed with and have within us in Christ and his spirit. Because God is holy, he calls us to be holy through Jesus, our priest king, after the order of Melchizedek. He calls us to be like Jesus because Jesus has made us holy in him. He calls us to be like Jesus, also wearing kingly crowns. To be willing to be holy, that is to reflect his beauty. God is beautiful, and thus so it is to worship him. God is Thrice holy, Isaiah 6 verse 3, reflected in Revelation 4 verse 8. They sing of God, holy, holy, holy. And as you saw in the quote by Jonathan Edwards, and many others have said this, this is the most important attribute of God that defines all the other attributes. His holiness, his beautiful holiness. Psalm 27, verse 4, that we sang this morning, says, Worship the Lord, or excuse me, uh, behold the beauty of the Lord. As we're called to worship in the beauty of his holiness, we come to behold the beauty of the Lord as he reveals himself to us in the scriptures, by his spirit, and as the assembly of his spirit, the temple of God. We behold his beauty. How could we not want to come? How could we not say and respond as we always say, singing at the beginning of our morning worship outside, that is before worship, to call others to it? I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Notice all the verses we're looking at that talk about the beauty of God's holiness are all in the context of beholding God's holiness in his house, in his temple, in formal corporate worship. This would be a reason, a compelling reason to try to compel others to come to the Lord's house for worship morning and evening. There's no other place you're going to get that. But in corporate worship together, unless we don't believe it, Ezra 4, verse 24, Deuteronomy 32, 1 to 17, they use a a unique name for God. Now, I'm not going to turn there with you. Uh, I'll be done before you get there. Feel free to just listen to me here. Um, God is Elah or Eloah. Now, if you want to hear this sermon on those scriptures and that name, you can go back to our series on sermon audio about the names of God. Elah, Eloah is a feminine version of Elohim, one of the most familiar words for God in the Hebrew. It's usually translated capital G, little O, little D. Yahweh's capital L-O-R-D, all capitals. Elohim is usually translated God. But Ella, Eloah, are used in those two scriptures. And the meaning of the name is something like this, the adorable one. And we don't want to hear that too quickly and lightly as we might speak about little kids, as adorable as they are. It's, it's a adoration. I can't help but think of a song uh, we have on one of the musicians that uh, Fernanda has introduced us to. Adoremos, adoremos. I won't try to remember all the Portuguese, but uh, we adore you. We adore you. 
We adore you, O Lord. You are so beautiful. And don't we particularly use the word beautiful about ladies? You know, God is represented in the masculine, but this is a unique phrase to get at an aspect of God's beauty. You know, I have a hard time not looking at Gideon and saying to Fernanda, he's so beautiful. I said, I know that's what we say about girls, but he's just so beautiful. He's, I almost want to say he's pretty. He's just got his, you know, toddlers, they're even boys, they just have this cute beauty to them. And uh, we want to think about God in that word. Uh, he's so beautiful. Beauty is inherently worthy of adoration. Worship him in the beauty of his holiness. And holiness is beautiful. And thus, so is God. And in Christ, beloved, so are you. You're pretty good looking in your own right. But in reference to God and your unity in your union with Christ, you are beautiful. This is why I recall Ted Donnelly sharing about uh, an elderly lady at the bedside of her dying husband was stroking his face and saying, How lovely. How beautiful. Though he was elderly and one might say decrepit, she saw Christ in him and her love for him. How lovely. How beautiful. You are beautiful in Christ. Exodus 28, verse 2. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. The garments of the priests was to show the glory of God and beauty, but therefore they're wearing it, thus they're reflecting. They, by Christ's mediation, have God's beauty. They are wearing beauty in their garments. Exodus 19, verse 6, All the people are said to be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And so we are. This is reflected in the New Testament as well. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5 and 9. Revelation chapter 16, verse 6. Uh, chapter 5, verse 10. Chapter 20, verse 6. That reference, 16, verse 6. I either have it out of order or that's mistaken. We want to double check that. But it's reflected regularly in the New Testament that we are a holy nation of priests for God. And thus, we wear those garments of beauty. Because your robes were washed in the blood of the Lamb and made white as snow. Revelation 7 verse 14. God is holiness. And so holiness is godliness. We often have that phrase, cleanliness is next to godliness. And that's appropriate. The idea of being clean is is very much there, but Christ alone makes us clean and then calls calls on us to live a clean life for him. Holiness is godliness because God is holiness. And so, beloved, you are God's. Therefore, I want you to hear this. You are beautifully holy. You are beautifully holy. And you are called to be more like God in his beautiful, holy ways. To remember who you are as God's redeemed children, what you are like in Christ against all the accusations of Satan, you remember to say this, I am holy in Christ, and holiness is beautiful, so I am beautiful. You don't need to be looking for that beauty. Young people, I call on you especially. 
You don't need to look anywhere else to feel beautiful. You are beautiful in Christ. You say, holiness is beautiful. God has made me holy. I am beautiful. Behold what you are. And be who you are. And be more of you. Holy, sanctified, beautiful. And having been made holy, grow in holiness. And give yourself to God's word to do so. Jesus prays for you in John 17, verses 17 and 19, that you would be sanctified by the truth. And then he says, God's word is truth. How are you going to be growing in holiness as you give yourself to God's holy word and pray the Holy Spirit enlightens your eyes to behold light? Romans 7, verse 12. The law is holy, and the commandment holy, just, and good. May we be called people of the word as we consume it and live it and hold it out before us as our lamp and light. Psalm 19, verse 8, the second part. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Verse 9, the first part. The fear of the Lord is clean. Enduring forever. Beloved, spend time in your Bibles and become more of what Christ has made you. Beautiful. God's word is clean. It endures. It is pure. It enlightens. Think about that. You know, we have to teach our children to love going to take a shower and a bath, but they come out and they always get it because they're clean. You know, we have to train ourselves to love to go to the Word and find how clean we come out of time with Him in His Holy Word. Pray for God to send you more of the work of the Holy Spirit to bear His beautiful fruit in you. So Jesus says, ask the Father to give you more of the Holy Spirit. Remembering 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that is your holiness, your growing in beauty, that ye should abstain from fornication, which is filthy. Every time you are tempted to sin, see the sickly, ugly thing for what it is. And remember how defiling and dirty and disgusting it is and how dirty and filthy you feel afterwards and how ugly you feel afterwards. And remember that that is not you. You are Christ's. You are holy. You are beautiful. So instead... When tempted to sin, choose holiness. Choose to be more healthy. Choose to be more blessed. Choose to be more beautiful. To motivate yourself to live sanctified lives. To have more beauty in your life. And remember and say to yourself as your identity in Christ and how you are to live for Christ, say... Holiness is beautiful. Remind yourself who you are in the Holy One and say, Holiness is beautiful.
And then remind yourselves to live by the Holy Spirit, bearing more of his fruit. Speaking against the lie of Satan. And choose what you say. Holiness is beautiful. That is the message for your, you this morning that I want to encourage us all to really meditate on and remember. Holiness is beautiful. Let us pray. Oh Lord God, we do thank you for making us beautiful in Christ the Holy One. As he applies his redemption to us, in us, by the Holy Spirit. And you call on us to hallow your name by being holy as you are holy. That is, living out our holiness, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Encouraged that it is you who work in us both to will and do of your good pleasure. Lord, let us be more godly. Let us be more like you. Let us be more like Jesus. Let us recognize the beauty of holiness. Let us see your beauty especially as we gather in corporate worship together. Indeed, let us worship you in the beauty of your holiness. Show us your glory. Show us your holiness. Show us your beauty. And reflect it in us as you help us to grow in grace by these means, including your holy supper that we are about to partake of. We do thank you that you have called us out of this world Though we are in it, we are no longer of it. We are no longer slaves to sin, but we are free to walk in the law of liberty. We are to live as the blessed nobility of kings and priests of the most high, holy, beautiful God. In the majesty and splendor of the kingdom of heaven, which will be culminated at your return and will be such a glorious, holy, beautiful place as we see you face to face, and we are not ashamed to show our faces. Oh Lord, we do thank you for your call on our life to be holy as you are holy, and as you have made us holy. Protect us from the lie of Satan, and help us to have this ready to say at all times, first to remember who we are, and then to remember how we are to live. Holiness is beautiful. And indeed, Lord Jesus, you are so beautiful. Lord God, O triune God, you are so majestically, righteously, gloriously beautiful. Let us think on these things. And we pray in Jesus' name and all your people said, Amen.